I believe sometimes as women, as girls, we forget our self-worth. Whether it's boundaries put up around us that prevents us to remember that we are strong, powerful women, or boundaries we put in ourselves that makes us think that we are not strong, that we aren't really worthy. My goal is to change that. My goal is to have you know that you are worthy, that you are capable of making a difference and a change, that you are capable of succeeding and pushing yourself. My podcast, Girls Who Run the World, shares stories of strong, powerful women that are changing the world, that impact their community through their everyday lives. I am so excited to share this podcast with you all, hoping that it makes you realize that you are strong, you are worthy, and you are powerful. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Today, I am super excited to have a very special guest with me, Katherine Miller. Katherine Miller is a woman with many titles. She is a mom, wife, sister, realtor, board member of the One Love Foundation, and one strong, powerful woman. Catherine's positivity is contagious, and she shares her love for others and this world with all of those around her. Catherine is an inspiration to many as she changes the world in her everyday life. I am so excited for you all to hear her story because it is a great one. Thank you, Catherine, for joining us today and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So... I'm a born and raised Baltimore girl. Um, I have four kids, which is definitely one of like the defining, I think, things about me that a lot of people know or just comment on. Um, I've been married for almost, what, seven years now, uh, which is crazy. And yeah, I am a real estate agent, like you said. Um, absolutely love it. Um, I love living in Baltimore. Went to College of Charleston, mm-hmm. so Charleston's my favorite city in the world. It. Definitely a fun fact about me. And I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, you definitely are a woman with many titles, a mother, <laughs> a wife, a daughter, a real estate agent, and many more. How are you able to manage being a mom and a successful realtor, wife, friend, sister, all at the same time? It's a daily struggle. So um, actually recently, someone I heard someone say that you always are going to have a lot of balls in the air, mm-hmm. and some of the balls are rubber and some are glass. Yeah. And so there's certain ones that you can choose to keep up and other ones that you can let fall and they'll bounce back up eventually. So... I think for me, like a huge thing that I try to do is remember that like I'm not going to be able to do it all. And so I have to really prioritize what's the most important pressing matter at the time. Um, And I think like that perspective helps me. I also have the best village ever. So I have like an amazing husband and as corny and cheesy as it sounds, he like makes my life possible and he's like such a good partner in everything. Um, Same with like family. We have like the best childcare. Um, I just think that I have so many people that help me that I don't do it alone. So it helps me be able to sort of like spread myself around to different people. Yeah, that's awesome. I think definitely having a great community behind you, like even like as a student, just like doing doing all these things that I do, mm-hmm. like being able to have and lean on these people and knowing that I can lean on them and not feeling like, like I'm doing something wrong, yes. you know, utilizing that relationship. 1000% community is everything. Yeah. What do you think is the number one skill you use to harness all of these things that you do? So I think the number one skill for me is probably perspective and like mindset. So I think like, you know, you are always going to have curveballs thrown your way. You're going to fail. You're going to like go through hardships. But I think for me, just remembering that like pretty much every day of my life, I live a very, very good life and I'm super privileged. I'm, you know, I, like we said, I have such a good support system. I have so many people around me that love me. I have like a lot of things going for me. So I try to just really keep a positive mindset and keep things in perspective because yeah, I'm going to have the moments of, you know, not feeling good about myself or feeling like I'm not doing as much as I should be, but I try to end that spiral as quickly as possible by like reminding myself, you know, 
being grateful, having gratitude yeah. and just perspective and having a positive mindset. Yeah. And that's something that I, like I even struggle with to this day and mm-hmm. knowing that like in the hard times, you know, like, am I think, am I saying thing for, am I saying positive? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people can tend to, and I speak for myself here, can tend to like only find think like being thankful for things when things are being perfect and when things are positive in your life and when you're not in like the rough parts of like figuring out what you're going to do here and there. So I think, um, just reminding yourself that, you know, you can be thankful for, you know, the challenges because it got, it like has gotten you to where you are today. 100%. Have you ever heard the phrase, like, I don't have to, I get to. No, I love that. Yeah. So instead of thinking about like, you know, I have to get up and work out today or like I have to go to work or I have to, you know, go run a million errands or I have to go pick up my kids. I truly try to like swap out. I have to with, I get to, because so many of the things that I have are the things that I like wished for all my life. And so trying to remember that like, those all things. of those things are blessings. And yeah, yeah, it can be a grind and I can get tired and cranky and grumpy and all those things. But it, this is like what I always wanted. So many of the titles that I have. So I try yeah. to like really like soak them up and not wish them away. Yeah. Something I've really realized is that our religion teacher once said to us, um, she said, if you had, if you had what you thanked God for yesterday, mm-hmm. what would you have today? Right. So what if you uh, had it, all the things that you thank God for yesterday, what yep. would you have? And when she said that to us about sophomore year, I think it was, I realized that I wasn't staying thankful as much as I should be for okay. all the things I have for this education, for the support system I have for, you know, who I've become as a person and also like health, everything, everything that I have in my life, mm-hmm. I should be thankful for every yep. decision, everything, every little aspect I should be thankful for because, um, you know, many people aren't as privileged to have oh these type of opportunities and these things like that. The fact that you already realized that. I feel like when I was in high school, again, I would complain every day. Like, I don't, you know, if I don't want to go to school, I don't feel like it today. And I think back on that. I'm like, the fact that, you know, my parents worked so hard so that I could have such a good education education. and do all these things. And I think it takes, you know, I'm going to continue to just have more and more perspective as life continues to unfold. But the fact that you already realized that is so good. I know, it used to be like, dreading getting out of the bed for school. I was like, exactly. this is awful. Like, I do not want to go sit through the class. And you know, going to <laughs> high school, and maybe it's going to an all-girls school and it really feels like you're with your friends all the time, but literally loved, you can ask anyone this, I'm the type of person that I cannot miss a day of school. Like, I just <laughs> want to be there. And it's not even that, like, I don't like the test. I don't like the homework. But, right. like, it's also just being able to be in that community all the time and, like, feel, like bounce off others' ideas and just being able to, like, work with one another is mm-hmm. something that I love. So... You know, just remaining grateful yes. for the opportunities. We're so lucky, yes. I think our high school experience is yes. very, very amazing. I know. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yes. Um, so most women struggle with trying to manage it all and end up feeling like they have to choose, you know, one role over another or, like, prioritize one than like more than others. Yes. So what would your advice be to those women that are struggling with how to manage everything? Yeah. So I think, like, a lot of people... I feel like I have a lot of friends that are new moms or people that are trying to decide like, okay, now I'm going to have my second child. Like, should I keep working mm-hmm. or should I like, do I have to stop? And I like do think that that is something that I have been very lucky to have a lot of good perspective and people pouring into me mm-hmm. on that topic because I think it's so easy to like lose yourself once you become yeah. a mom, especially. Um, and I think a lot of people think that being a mom, like, you know, you kind of have to be this martyr and that everything that you do from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed has to like revolve around your kids' yes. well-being. And I think like that honestly usually ends up hurting not only yourself, but like your kids because of just the example that they see. And then, you know, you're not going to be the best version of yourself if you're not happy and not like actually, you know, taking care of yourself. So 
I think like my biggest piece of advice is just to remember that parenting is a marathon. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm 33 years old and I still talk to my mom pretty much every day. So when people are like, Oh gosh, 18 more years for you. Like when you have a baby, I'm like, I don't think it stops after 18 years. I think it's going to be till like the day I die, my kids are going to be depending on me. So if I like, you know, I just really try to pace myself and remember that like, if I go away for a weekend with my husband or if I go to a bachelorette party with one of my best girlfriends, like everyone's going to be okay and it's going to make me feel better. It's going to show my kids that they can be strong without me. So I think like remembering that it's a marathon, not a sprint and just trying to like pace yourself. And also like, yeah, but before we go away or something, a lot of people, I feel like tons of moms ask me, like, I don't get it. Like you go away for a weekend or you go away for a week. Like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And I always say like the day before I leave, I want to cancel. Like there's so much stuff I have to get ready before I go. Like, you know, my kids don't want me to leave. It just feels like the world's going to crumble. And then the second I either like get on the highway or get on an airplane, I'm like, thank God for this Mm -hmm. time for me. And thank God for time with my, for my kids to be without me. So I think like you just have to know that it's not always going to be comfortable. It's not going to be the easiest thing, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Yeah. When I did my podcast with my mom, she was talking about how, you know, being a mom was the hardest job that she's ever done. Oh, you know, she had like, my mom's a psychologist and a lawyer. So she's always trying to handle work. Yep. But when she became a mom, she realized that this is the hardest job. So she oh. always is like giving kudos to the stay at home mom. So she could never imagine hardest. being at home all day. You oh know my God. Mean? And that's something that we saw my twin sister and I, we saw growing up was like our parents would take time. They would go on vacations with themselves and you right. know, they would dis- distance themselves from us. But just knowing like my mom, I talked about this when I interviewed her is that she struggled in the beginning to kind of like separate herself from, you know, being a mom and she struggled with like prioritizing work, but also trying to not feel like she was like not neglecting us, but like not like she almost just wanted to feel like she was like being like the best mom that she possibly could be. But then they soon realized that, you know, going on these trips and, you know, even seeing it as a kid, I was like, that's okay. And now it's normal if my parents go to the beach for a weekend or like all these things because, you know, they need a break first off from my (laughs) sister or a trip, but, um, (sighs) just being able to like relax and calm down and see like my kids are going to learn from me. So I need to be the healthiest person I can be to, you know, so true. see my kids learn it's from so me. Hard. It's so like, hard. It's like you said, it's so hard. And I do think I joke too, like a lot of my clients be like, we're so needy. Like, how do you put up with us? And I'm like, I got four of the neediest <laughs> at home. This is a cinch. I'm like, you know, whatever you say or do, we're good. Like, I know how to handle you. You're an adult. I'm like, the kids are the ones that give me a run for my money. So... It. It's, you know, again, it's that perspective of just like, you know, taking it all with a grain of salt and knowing it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. How would you think that being your role as a mother has shaped who you are today? Yeah, I think it totally changed me. Um, You know, I always have wanted to be a mom. I think more than anything in the world, like people that dreamed about getting married and like what their wedding dress would look like. Like I definitely was excited for all that, but I've, since I was like, since I can remember, I've wanted to be a mom. I had a million baby dolls. I've babysat since I was like 12 years old. Just could not wait for that. So for me, I feel like it was like probably one of my biggest goals and accomplishments. And I think it is just like the biggest learning curve of your life. There's no way to describe it until you do it. And you can listen to a million moms and read a thousand parenting (laughs) advice books and it's not going to work. You have to just do it and learn it. And the only way is to get through it. Um, And I just think, yeah, I think a lot of things that used to like seem really important to me or like ruffle my feathers or, you know, really weigh on me, like the perspective again that it gave me of just realizing that there are these like little humans that I care about more than anything in the world and like nothing else matters to me really other than their happiness. It was like 
a very good grounding just experience. It, it gave me, yeah. gave me like a lot of my joy and my happiness, but also just, I feel like made me a stronger person. Yeah. That's awesome. And even though like my sister and I were babysitting all the time, mm -hmm. you know, something that we really love. And you know, my goal is to be a mom when I'm older and be like a great mom, but also be like the fun mom, you know, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking about right now. But, um, what's funny is that like, as we babysit, not, I'm not saying that I know what it's like to be a mother. Yes. But so we babysat a kid named JJ, and he was like, kind of, I think he was like a little bit less than one when we met him, and now Aww. he's two. And um, I like now have this mom anxiety with myself everywhere <laughs> with kids. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what it's like to be a mom, and I have this little tiny bit of like where like, don't run, you're gonna fall. Yes. Like even though it's okay if they fall, but like now uh, I'm like, I don't know how mothers do it. It's a lot because. These sh these corners on the tables, like oh I'm, my gosh, you look like, at everything everywhere. Differently. Like the kids, like running outside. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna fall. Like the bathtub, <laughs> we literally just did a bath time the other night, and I'm like, I'm eat, like, eat, like directly watching this kid the whole time. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't know how mothers do it. It is. That's like we said. I mean, I tr truly think the second that you pop out a child, it's like you're gonna be worrying about them and loving them and thinking about them, no matter if you realize yeah. it or not. It's like, but it's like the best, you know. That yeah. there's a reason everyone does it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's a whole nother level of worry. So do you think in our society today, there's like a perception that you can't be a, a successful, hold on, sorry. Do you think in our society today, do you feel like there's a public perception that you can't be a successful female and a great mom, like in, while working and be a great mom at the same time? I think that society today just has all of these boxes that they want to place women in. Mm -hmm. So whether it is that you're supposed to be a stay-at-home mom because your kids need you, or mm -hmm. if you're working, you know, you should be working all the time and you can't take a day to yourself and not be with your kids. Like, I just think there's all these like rules and just like stereotypes and stigmas that women have to face. And I think like social media, yeah. a lot of the times, like it for better or for worse can impact us of mm -hmm. seeing what other people are doing and thinking like, Oh, it just seems so easy for them. Um, or, you know, I should be doing more like, look at all that she does. And I think that, you know, you really have to just internalize what's making you happy. Mm -hmm. I always say like, you know, unless it's either making you happy or making you money, like you don't have to say yes to right. it. You know, you got to like really have your own guard up and really protect yourself in that sense. But yeah, I think like a lot of times in very similar circumstance of what we were talking about earlier, like if I do say I'm going to go on a trip or I tell someone that I work full-time and have full-time childcare, like, you know, some people don't think that that's yeah. the right way to be. So I think it's hard. I think it's hard no matter which path you choose, you're never going to feel like you're fully doing the right mm -hmm. thing because, you know, society has all these expectations of you. So just trying to really figure out what are you comfortable with and if you're happy and your kids are happy, that's like all you can do and you just kind of have to block out the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like my mom, like I keep talking about my family. Yeah, I love my it. My mom, um, when she was deciding if she wanted to have a family or not, she was offered this internship at Harvard for law. Oh gosh. But at the time, and like I kind of still see the same thing happening in our society today, but not as like, not as harsh of right. us. Yep. So at the time, you can't, you like weren't allowed to go to Harvard and be pregnant at the same time. Like it was looked down upon. And my mom was like, do I take this? I she took a moment and she was like, but I really want to start a family right now. Right. My dad really wanted to start a family. It was like their time. They were like, this is the perfect time. You know, we're financially stable and like we're ready for this next step of our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she turned down the, the um, internship, which she got some people, like some of her friends, some of the people were like, why would you do that though? Like, don't you want to be this great lawyer? Or, mm -hmm. You know? And she was like, but I really want to be a mom and right. I can be a great lawyer at the same time. And whether, you know, this takes me on another path or this was the path that I was supposed to be on. Um, she just thinks that like, that's an, a moment where she was like, she had to make a big decision, uh -huh. you know, making that decision to start a family has led 
my family to be where it is today. You know right. what I mean? So it's all so these things that hard. the moms have to decide on. There's just so much I feel like that's always running through your head as a mom. And then when you put like a career and having career goals sort of on top of that, it's so like there are so many of these crossroads that you come to where you're like, okay, do I make the better choice for me as like a career person? Yeah. Or the better choice for me as a mom and my family and trying to like find where that, exactly. that kind of meets nicely is so hard. Yeah. I think it's like the hardest thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's daily basis of trying to figure out like – yeah, do I pick up my kids on time or do I try and chase after this opportunity that might end mm-hmm. up being really good for my career? It's like these right. little like decisions, big decisions. Yeah. Gosh. So, so talking about decisions, yes. did, you used to teach English in Baltimore, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. And so what, I want to know what the decision was or what, what made you decide to switch from English to go into real estate? Yeah, so such a good question. Um, I So I did Teach for America. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're familiar with Teach for America. Basically, a little bit. it's like you're not, I wasn't an education major. So mm-hmm. it's people that aren't, traditionally like certified or Mm -hmm. um, trained or educated in education. Um, You are placed in low-income communities all around the country. Uh So you're definitely trying to like, you know, be a helper and it's kind of has this like social justice piece to it. Uh, So I interviewed for that, ended up getting it, got placed in Baltimore, which I was really excited about. Um, And I did it for seven years and it was a labor of love. So, (laughs) you know, I, I, it was the highs were high and the lows were low. Yeah. I taught high school English. I absolutely adored my students. I loved working in a school. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, you watch the news, you know that a lot of especially struggling education yeah. systems, the struggles are rough. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, just so much of the red tape and the politics of it, it was mm-hmm. it was tough. It was draining. And once I had Nolan, my oldest, who is six now, I realized like missing a day was so hard. A lot of people think that being a teacher is like the best schedule yeah. for being a mom. And I think it's one of the hardest schedules <laughs> yeah. for being a mom. You I have promise. to be there every day or like someone has to fill in for you. Like there is no really such thing as like an out of office. Yeah. Um, you know, the balance is tough. Again, if you're not there, you have like your other kids at school who like wish you were there, but you're with your, you know, biological child at home. I just thought it was like, there was so much to it. It was mm-hmm. like really just a lot once I had my first child. And then I tried to give it like one more year at a different school that was like a little bit less, um, you know, high needs. And it still just was too much. I couldn't balance it all. Yeah. So I decided to try and I had gotten my real estate license before I had my first and just thought I would do it on the side. And I was kind of dabbling with it a little bit. I was doing it in the summers. I was shadowing my now boss. And then once I, like, I, I think I just, like, hit a breaking point where I was like, I, I can't do this anymore and be a mom. And so I'm going to really try and jump into real estate full time. Yeah. yeah. And it's awesome that you could see, like, you had a passion for real estate. You got your real estate license mm-hmm. as you were still a teacher and then you're just trying out new things. Yeah. I think that's something that, like, some people can be scared to is, like, just try out the new things or just take a different, total different direction. Yes. You know, you were a teacher and then you went to real estate, which is, like, two completely opposite different mm-hmm. things to do. So I think... Um, that's great that you noticed that. Yeah. And I read that your company that you're with today. Yes. How do you pronounce it? The Balsers Act okay. Group. Yep. That's a hard one. I used to ask that. Big, big mouthful. <laughs> but Team it's... Balls. However you want to say it. The Balsers Act Group. I love it. <laughs> it is 90% women and women owned. Do you think yes. that was by design? Yeah, so when I started Annie Balserzak, mm-hmm. who is our team leader who started the team, um, she, at the time, yes, it was, we actually started out as all women, um, and then slowly but surely we have acquired a few <laughs> men who are very amazing. They put up with a lot, because we are almost all women, and gosh, they're just saints, but... 
I think like I've just always naturally been drawn to like female owned yeah. or female like centric things, like going to an all girls right. school for so long. And then I went to a college and joined a sorority and lived in the sorority house. And I just think I'm like a girl's girl. So I just think there's such power in having strong women around you that support you. It just sort of like hits different, I think, than I just, you know, as much as I wish that wasn't the case for me, I think I'm just more comfortable. Yeah. I feel more empowered, inspired, all the things. I love it. Um, so yeah, I absolutely adore working. I mean, the fact that pink is our brand color. <laughs> you my already know I like, love it. Only you, already you know. would find a company that like pink is the main color for. Like I we could have told you that in sixth grade and somehow you found it. I know walking in this office, I'm like, this is the place for me. <laughs> you can come anytime. You can host your podcast here whenever you need to we love it thank you um so do you think that female ownership and you know female run businesses are on the rise and like why do you think that's happening I hope so I mean Mm -hmm. I just think that for so long and I know that we are still sort of fighting an uphill battle as women in business um I think that for so long people either thought that it just wasn't possible or you know there were these limitations placed on women and I do think when you do decide to have a family or really put a lot into like your marriage or relationship that that can take away from your goals as a career person um however I think that maybe like again the power of social media is other people seeing, wow, okay, like, you know, she has a family and she took maternity leave and she did it and she's still crushing it. Um, So I think, like, I just hope, I just think that obviously women have so much to offer. Um, We have our own unique strengths Mm -hmm. that, you know, just gender purpose-wise. That's right. Exactly. Girl power (laughs) all the way. So... I think, I mean, I just love it. And I love that. I love when I see like a female CEO who like celebrates being female and doesn't necessarily try to like, you know, push it down and act like you have to like act less feminine or not. Like we said, not Mm -hmm. wear the pink and not do the fun feminine stuff. If like that's you, then be authentic to yourself. And I love that's more celebrated these days. Literally why I'm here interviewing you is because I love, you know, like, like you said, I love centering myself around like empowering women that want to just empower each other and be positive mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, uplift and like also like educate others on like women are awesome yes. and like, there should be more women run <laughs> companies. You know what I mean? A hundred. So when I saw that your company was female owned, mm-hmm. I was really drawn to that because I was like, you know, that probably stemmed back into your life when you were, were going to an all girls school and you were like surrounding yourself with all these amazing women and, mm-hmm. you know, friends and, you know, like role models and everything like that. So I found that really interesting. Yeah. I think it's also helpful just to watch someone who like has a similar path as you navigate it. Like, you know, like similar to what you were saying with your mom, when you're trying to figure out, okay, like if I do start a family, like what would that look like? And is that going to slow me down? Or am I going to be able to like, you know, figure out a new way to navigate? I think like, it's just so great to be able to watch someone who's already done it and who's Uh already probably gone through some of the hardships. And like you said, can educate and say, this is, what I should have done differently or this is what like, you know, timing wise I think would be best for you and having that person to like bounce things off of because we got to be in this together. You know, it's not always easy. Um, So got to stay close, got to have the wolf back and keep it tight and just be honest and vulnerable and work through it together. Yeah, that's true. And you mentioned social media and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think like I follow you on social media. Yes. So much fun. I mean, oh. I, like this is the first time we're meeting and I like literally know. <laughs> I know. Everything. Isn't it crazy? It's like, um, you know, I feel like I've met you a hundred times I know. because and of social it, media. It's the beauty of it. And it's awesome because you're super positive and how positive on your social media, you know, you're authentic. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really love about people is that if you're authentic and I can see what your everyday life looks like in a mm-hmm. way, you know, like when you post, like, I'm just going to say an example, like when you post <laughs> things about like your kids, but like the kid, like I have an example for you, but like if the kid's doing something crazy yes. and like maybe the house is a mess in a little bit in the back, yes. but you're not scared to show that part no. because you know, it's so authentic and wrong. You're like, this is my everyday life. You know what? You're going to have to accept <laughs> it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. So how do you think Social media and your present on social media 
how do you, how important to you, how important is social media to you? Yeah. So I'm a natural sharer. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just like one of those people where I'm like, ask me anything. My mom has always called me her TMI daughter (laughs) because it's always too much information with me. And I've always been that way. So whether it was like, you know, I just have always been an open book. So for me, I love social media because it's like an outlet of me to sort of like share things with people. Um, I also think, you know, I lean on it a lot. Like we were saying earlier, I just think like I love seeing how other people do things or like, you know, ideas for real estate stuff or parenting stuff or meals or all the things. Um, So I just absolutely love it. It's definitely like I have like a little bit of a creative side. Mm -hmm. It feeds that, it fills that bucket for me. Um, And yeah, I just think it's hilarious to watch like other people. So I always am just like, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Like you said, it's probably not for everyone. It's a little (laughs) crazy, but the more real I can be. And I do think it definitely helps with my brand uh, real estate wise, just because I think people then do feel comfortable and approachable. And it's like, listen, like if I'm coming into your house, I don't want you to think that it has to be like a max. Exactly. Look at mine. You know, yeah. it's not always going to be like that. Yeah. So just being able to be real and just like keep it real, I think is just something fun and just part of who yeah. I am. And I think social media, you know, a lot of times we can talk about like negatives of social media as there are, you know, a ton of it with just like self-confidence and things like that. Mm-hmm. But social media has been a, been a huge help with me, like setting up this whole podcast, yes. like thing that I have going on mm-hmm. because you know, without social media, I wouldn't have found, you know, some of these amazing women that I'm like interviewing and have on my list to interview and just being able to feel comfortable, like with your social media presence and your positivity, but also the part about being authentic is what makes it much easier for me to Mm -hmm. reach out to you. Cause I know it's not going to be like, you know, like, I don't know, awkward and you're like, who the heck is this girl? But like, just because, you know, I can reach out and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. any chance you would like want to chat real quick? (laughs) It's like a random stranger. Now I love it. Like we'll get to know each other through social media and just be able to see what your life is like what my life is like just a little bit even though sometimes it can be like some mine's like some Cody I don't show all of my life on social media but that's something I found really interesting is like you know who's authentic and you know some people aren't on social media but I love finding those people that are just like I'm here to show you my life and you're here to take it or leave it yeah it's so good and I do think we all like to hate on social media but there are so many like perks and positives that social media offers like I mean again I feel like I, I just learn so much from it, and I like if I don't like something about it, or I realize something is making me feel bad about myself, or about about my like parenting or career, I just you know, you know unfollow. Yeah, just exactly. Try and filter it. Exactly. <laughs> what, that's going to work for you and feed you. Yeah, that reminds me of something that we just talked about at school. Is like, what are who are you following on social media, and what are you like, what are you doing on social media? Because if you want to have like think of social media as a positive thing, then mm-hmm. I think you it's really great if you just follow a bunch of like people that you think are positive, you know right. what I mean? That are there to uplift you and empower you instead of following people that may make you think it's like unhealthy where you're thinking, oh, like judging your person. Like you, you're, you know what I mean? Right, comparing so, yourself, that's the hardest part. Yeah. So what's one piece of advice mm-hmm. you would give to a woman that's trying to, to a woman or a girl that's trying to start their like social media and also trying to find their presence in social media? Yeah, I say, like, my biggest thing is probably just to, instead of thinking of it as, like, I'm creating content, just, like, sharing content, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, don't think that it has to necessarily always be, like, perfectly packaged. Our saying around here when it comes to, like, realtor and real estate posts is, like, done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can sit there and edit and play around with and, like, overthink all day. But just getting something out there is probably way better than you think. And Mm -hmm. it's way better than nothing. So just go ahead and do it. Um, And I think, too, just, like, knowing that, you know, you're never going to be for everyone. Not yeah. a, and there's never going to be a world where everyone likes you or that everyone approves of everything that you're posting and that they would do 
things the same way that you're doing them. So the more you can like accept that and just really make it for you and make it like what you think, you know, you feel comfortable putting out there and what feels good, Mm. just go for it. You know, I think, what are you waiting for? Life's too short, you know, especially anytime that someone I feel like is judging, it usually has way more to do with something that they're They're dealing dealing with with. and like their own insecurities and something to do with you. And if it makes you happy, then just go after it and get it. That's been something really hard for me to realize. Like I, I wrote my college essay about this. It was, um, you know, what makes someone deserving of like the blue check mark stat, like on their Instagram, you know what I mean? And not just about like the blue check mark, but like, you know, middle school was a really hard time for me. I think that social media was introduced to, uh, you know, my age group at the time, you know, before I like, like it just hit me, like I literally ran to a wall and I just became this person that was like constantly worrying, seeking validation from others, never Uh, posted because I was so scared about, you know, what someone's going to say or what someone's going to do. And I think a little bit with the story, like quickly, it's like one time in middle school, girls like put together photos of my twin sister and I photos we had posted and made like this total not like like it was a bullying video of like making fun of the videos and that is that was something that changed that really affected us for a long time i'm sure and i think back in the back of my head it affected me a little bit longer than it should have and even just until like i'm telling you i'm writing this college essay and i'm like that's really my reason with doing this podcast is like I struggled so long with just being my authentic self on social media. I felt like I needed filters here and I needed mm-hmm. not to be wearing this and I needed to like my face. Why is it so right? Like, you know, all these little things that, you know, social media has caused, and, you know, I know I'm going to the negatives, but that I have these ideas like what perfect is. And if I'm not like, this is how it was. Yes. If I was not like living up to the standard, then I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I was uh, kind of like seeking so validation. Hard. Yes. But then my junior year came a little bit in my sophomore year and I realized, you know, when I was coming up with the idea with starting a podcast and really like starting a community where women can feel and girls, especially younger girls, I want younger girls to like listen to our stories and be able to feel like, you know what, I'm comfortable with who I am and find their worth. And like, just because if I would have had that, I think I would have been like so drawn to that. So I want to be this like advocate for all these younger girls that are like struggling to find themselves. And a place where they can like feel comfortable and see that like they're not alone. Yeah. But like, that's why I'm doing this podcast because I want to like do the interview these women that maybe some have a blue check mark, but like that deserve their stories to be heard. Because I think a lot of the times, you know, we think of these people that have such great status and things like that to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, I really want to identify the women that are like kind of not in the shadows, but like don't have enough attention on their amazing stories and what they're doing in the world. Cause that. so that's why I'm having you, the I Catherine Miller. Oh my God, too much. And no, I think that's, um, that's so, I cannot imagine we did not have social media yeah. when I was in middle school. And yeah. I think middle school is a deep, dark time for yeah. everyone. And no matter like, how big they are at the age of 30, 40, 50, 60. If you ask them about middle school, it's probably going to come around of they didn't like it either. You know, it's just such a hard time. So if I would have, I feel like social media would have been such another layer on that. And it's tough, you know, being vulnerable. It's vulnerable. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I could never post that. And I'm like, but why? You know, really, truly why? Yes, you could. You know, it just, it's your own like issues in your own head. So I think it's so great. The podcast is such a good way for people to feel, you know, and again, it's like that knowing, okay, well they did it and they felt the same way. And yeah, it can be scary, but like, what's the worst that can happen? Like just being vulnerable. Like I talk about authenticity a lot and it, the like with this podcast and like hearing your story like I just want people that are going to be vulnerable because I want people to be able to relate I don't want to get oh. on this podcast and be like I have the perfect life like no. listen to all these things but really <laughs> it's an everyday struggle just like right you know like I say uh, now I know like all my self-worth I'm super confident but there's 
a lot of times where I'm like doubting myself or doubting, yes. you know, what I'm saying. Like even in these interviews, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I just say that? But like it's an everyday thing where I'm just like learning more about myself. So for all those younger girls out there and even those older women that like are just like not comfortable or need to find mm-hmm. their self-confidence and just and realize their self-worth is like why I'm here doing it all. It's because I want to, to be that community for that person. Oh, I love you it. Have you ever um, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? I did. I actually talked about it on my last podcast. Oh my God, so funny. Okay, so I feel like for me, like I listen to tons of podcasts podcasts yeah. or follow like these yeah. big time, like, you know, the owner of Spanx or like just big name, mm-hmm. big, like present CEOs or whatever the yeah. situation might be. And I remember the first time hearing about that and being like, wow, like I would never think that someone who is at that level of yeah. stature, like truly still doubts themselves mm-hmm. and, and thinks like, oh my God, this could be ripped out from under me one day. Right. Or like someone's going to find out that I actually have no idea how I got here and I don't deserve to be like mm-hmm. on this level of whether it's like salary or notoriety yeah. or popularity, whatever it is. That like every single person has that like little voice in the back of their head mm-hmm. that makes themselves doubt themselves, yeah. but it's all about like okay, well, what am I going to do with that? Am I let it win? Right. Or am I going to push past it? Right. Um, and I think that's a huge thing to try and the I younger totally someone can agree. realize that the better. But it's such a hard like it's such a hard pill to swallow because it's scary. Yeah. When I talked about with Adriana Caring, who was my last guest, yes. she was like, "It's like day and night. Like somehow I just got here and I don't know how I got here." Yeah. But when I thought about imposter syndrome after doing that I was like but also it happens with like everyday people that aren't in that you know everybody's watching oh, kind of thing like when I ran Chicago like yes. I talked about this last time is I was like when people were talking about it at school or even with this podcast when my teachers were like telling the class about the podcast I mean my class literally watched a whole podcast interview last class my oh, women's studies class I love it and I almost felt though like I was like I don't know if this doesn't feel right like am I supposed to be the person that's doing this and also like with the running I was like I feel like embarrassed a little bit that I ran because I don't feel like this should be what I'm doing but then I soon realized that this is me and I was doing all these things because I've like core values on like who I want to be and like I can I know I can do these things so Mm -hmm. um but I do think it's an everyday struggle with you know whether you're up there and people are idolizing you from millions of people or you're just like that every day you know what I mean person so it's so crazy the way that our minds can play tricks on us but the perspective keeps us going right we don't let it win out so I want to switch topics a little sure. bit. Something very personal to you and starting to become very personable to me mm-hmm. is that that is the One Love Foundation and Yardley Love. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about the One Love Foundation and what it means to you? Yes. Yeah, so the One Love Foundation was started in memory of Yardley Love, who was mm-hmm. my best friend. Um, so she sadly passed away um, in 2010, her ex-boyfriend murdered her which every time I say that it just uh, mm-hmm. like hurts coming out um because it just doesn't still seem believable mm-hmm. um so from that we realized okay this is this idea of relationship abuse is huge uh, we were very unaware of how much of a like you know it truly is like a yeah, pandemic a societal pandemic um and so we decided we wanted to try and do something about it. And our angle with the One Love Foundation is to take the approach of like relationship health education. Mm-hmm. So trying to get in front of as many youth as possible, teach them, you know, what the healthy signs of a relationship are, what the unhealthy signs of a relationship are, how to talk about relationships, you know, what's normal, what's not normal, so that hopefully, you know, as they get older and go to college and then are out in society, they have this sort of like armor of what should feel what what's right, what's not right, you know, where am I going? What am I doing? Is is this healthy for me? Is this healthy for others? Right. So that, you know, as few lives will be lost to relationship violence in the future because it's not something that anyone should ever want to live through. I agree. And so we'll go into like the details of One Love Foundation, but I really want to yes. talk about first, I just want to ask you, 
to talk about your relationship with Yardley. Yes. Yeah. So Yardley and I met, I think we were like 12 or 13. So we both, um, have had very similar family dynamics We're one of two girls and our older sisters were each four years older than us. Mm -hmm. Um, they had gone to where we ended up going to middle school and high school, obviously Notre Dame prep. Um, and so they introduced us, I think we were in like fifth grade because they were like, Oh, you guys are going to both go to Notre Dame next year. And we think you'd be friends. And so I remember I like, can it's a core memory for me. I can remember exactly. It was like a rainy day. We were at our sister's lacrosse game. We were both like sitting in the trunk of our parents' cars, like looking over at each other, being like, we know who each other are, but like, can we say hi or should we not say hi? It's so weird how I can remember that. I can't remember like, I love what I had that for though. breakfast today, but I really remember this for some reason. Um, and so we met from there and then I swear it was one of those weird, like the minute we met, it was, the rest was history. Yeah. We became best friends, more like sisters. We have a very core group of best friends. There's like, you know, six or seven of us that are truly connected at the hip and Yardley was definitely that to me. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss her a lot. I, know. I think Yardley had a huge impact on, you know, through stories that I hear on the people that she knew when yes. she was here, but also still like her impact still lives on with the people that go to NDP now and just it. the community. And I think, um, you know, what's really interesting is as we learn about Yardley, um, we learn about what a bright presence she was at school mm-hmm. and wherever she was and whoever she was talking to. Yes. And one time we were making a video about Yardley's remembrance and we were talking about you know, how was Yardley, like, what was Yardley like when she was here with us? And people were like, oh, she made you smile all the time. Like, yes. that is the one thing that she could do is, like, she'd walk <laughs> up, she didn't that. have to say anything, she would just have to smile. Yes. And it's actually funny because when I was doing this, <laughs> they were like, Catherine and Yardley. Oh, God. <laughs> They're like, that was a duo. Uh, yeah, Ms. Martel was like, that's a duo <laughs> that you would have to watch out for. Exactly. All in good fun. <laughs> Which I innocent, love. But, yep, you had to keep your eye <laughs> I on love us. it. My mom always jokes. She's like, if you two tried to run away, you would make it to, like, you know, maybe a mile outside because the map would be upside down. You'd be, like, laughing at something and distracted and, like, forget where you were going <laughs> in the first place. Like, we would have not made it far. But I love hearing these stories <laughs> because it's what makes, you know, one love and it makes it super personal to me, even Good. though I I feel like I know Yardley yes. and I didn't even get the opportunity to meet her. Right. And I think that's what it's a great job One Love has done with sharing her story and being, you know, just putting it all out there and being like, this is how Yardley truly was. And yes. then everybody says the same thing. Like, and we all at NDP and even like myself try to live like Yardley each and every day. And that's I love something that. that obviously you do. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. 100%. And, you know, I didn't even know Yardley. So. I want to ask you one question. Yes. Um, since Yardley's passing, what is one thing you think you learned about yourself? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a th- thousand things, but be- specifically because of like Yardley's passing, yes. what is one thing you learned? So earlier I was saying that whole idea of like, instead of thinking I have to do this, mm-hmm. thinking like I get to do this, yeah. I think about that all the time because I just think of, you know, when someone like dying at the age of 22, mm-hmm. you're really honestly at like the beginning of the rest of your life. And it's such like you're at like such a crossroads and you have so many big life happenings that are ahead of you. Um, and I think like every time that I've hit some of those really important, awesome moments of, you know, getting my first job, buying my first house, getting married, having kids every single time. It's like usually one of my first thoughts is like, I just cannot believe that Yardley never is going to get to do this. So like as much as we like to just sort of like, you know, sort of just get so frustrated or like overwhelmed by life and all that it has throws at us. I always think to myself, like, you know, I just am so lucky that Mm -hmm. I've gotten to experience all these Mm -hmm. things. And it's still crazy to me. Like, I can't believe, you know, hopefully she met my kids in heaven before they made it out into this world. But, like, I think of so many things Mm -hmm. that, like, she was not here to experience. And it, like, breaks my heart. And it makes me feel like, okay, I'm going to 
better live my life to the fullest for both of us um, because she didn't get to do so many things. Um, And it just makes me feel like, you know, you really don't know. Life is short for especially, you know, in Yardley circumstance, it was like within a blink of an eye, she was gone. And so I think I, I try really not to take things for granted. I try to like live my life to the fullest was again, sounds so corny, yeah. but I just, I'll try and live for both of us because she I missed out on so much. Yeah. And it really is sad. And I think, um, something that, you know, sticks with my family and I, like even, and a Yardley story has really impacted this idea that we've had is like in the morning we have to say like what we're thankful for a lot of the time, whether that's on text or whether <laughs> we're just saying, I love you. Like I'm thankful. Like that's mm-hmm. a great day. My grandmother used to tell us, tell my father this, and you know, now he's passes on to us is like, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful that I woke up. Yes. Right? I'm thankful. That's the one thing I'm oh thankful gosh, for. Oh my start there. Exactly. You know, I'm no thankful for, you yeah, people can be like, I'm thankful for my dog and you know, all these things, but really you're thankful that you like, you're here another day on this amazing oh earth and you have an opportunity to do something about each day, you know, make a positive impact. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, you know, the whole thing about going to school like me and I can't miss <laughs> yes. school is that, you know, one more day. And here I am. I literally have 13 more days left at NDP. Oh my God. So I can cry for you. <laughs> Um, but just like not missing a day because like I want to be there impacting people. That's how you might every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm thankful to be here today. You know, there's so many people that have lost their lives or can't be with us here anymore. So Mm -hmm. let me just be thankful that I have another opportunity to make, you know, learn from what I've gone through and just be able to make someone someone else's day a hundred percent you're so wise god love <laughs> yeah. you I, mean, I, I wish i realized a lot of this and i'm gonna realize so many more things I'm because still, of people like you oh i can't even gosh. say that enough people are like oh, oh you don't mean it but like honestly it's because of the women that i've had in my life and through the stories and you know my mom has played a huge role and like all of these people that i've met yeah my father's played a huge role my family my sister mm-hmm. and just understanding and being there and teaching me these lessons that you know a lot of people don't learn until they're older yes but just being able to like balance off these people and, you know, learn things from what they're teaching their kids. And, you know what I mean? That's amazing. Um, So if Yardley was here today, what do you think she would most be proud of you for? Ooh, that is a hard one. Um, You know, I think probably, I think she would love to like see me as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, I went and saw a medium recently and <laughs> so it was wild. I went with Annie, my boss, uh-huh. um, and two other, actually all four of us that yeah. went were Notre Dame girls. Um, and the other three all graduated the same year as uh-huh. Annie. So they were very nice to let me yeah. tag along, but so it, one of the, so Yardley did like come through. This was again, this would be a whole nother episode. I could talk yeah. about this for like hours, but one of the yeah, things I, hear. I know like it's so intrigued. crazy. One of the things that the medium said, she was asking, she was like, so do you have a daughter? And I, I do have two daughters mm-hmm. and my second daughter, her name is Paige Yardley. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, I was like getting ahead of myself and thinking, oh, she's going to like say something about like, oh, like she loves that you like name, you know, something with a yeah. name. She was, so I said, yes, I do have a, I have two daughters. And she said, well, is one of them like really a big personality? Like she is like wild and crazy. She's <laughs> like, like on the dot. Like, I'm like, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. A hundred percent. She was like, you know, I'm thinking about like princess shoes and pink and sparkly oh, and like, no, she's God. cute and thinks she's cute. And I was like, yes. And like, you know, the other girls in the room are like, yep, we know exactly who you're talking about. And she was like, well, you know, like your friend wants you to know that she sent her with like an extra bit of spice because she thinks it's hilarious to watch you raise yourself. Oh, and I like looked up and I thought because I you know my my daughter yeah. Maeve, which that is her through and through. Like she gives me a run for my money. Yeah. You know, she is the I one mean, that I like just on social ooh, media. She keeps, <laughs> makes me sweat because she's four years old, but she basically bosses us all around and owns all of us, and she's crazy in the best way. Big personality. <laughs> 
And so now whenever, like, you know, if she's having, like, a fit because I won't let her wear lipstick to school when <laughs> she's four and in preschool, I, like, look up and I'm like, Yards, girlfriend, I'm going to get you when I get up there because this girl is – I got to get out the door. I got things to do. Like, you better get her in line. I love that. Um, so I do – I think, like, a lot of my parenting or, like, times that I'll be awake with my kids in the middle of the night if someone's, like, sick or when I was a new mom, I would, like, just try to, like, close my eyes and talk to her yeah. and think about – like, you know, I know you're here with me and like, you know, what do you think I should do about this and try and like connect with her um, mm -hmm. on that like spiritual level. Yeah. And I know not everyone believes in all that stuff, but I yeah. do. And so I do try to like, you know, remember that she is still with me and, you know, she sent me my, awesome. my Maeve who she's got a, she's like, she thinks like, she runs the world, you, right? Come she, on, girlfriend. She would literally sit here on this podcast with her head being No, like, I told I'm you, I'm going to have Maeve, she's going to be my youngest, first my interview. The first four-year-old like, ever on listen. podcast. Um, yeah, she would love it. But no, I think I wish so much and I know that she would have been the best mom. She yeah. was very similar, loved kids and was so good with kids um, yeah. and was just like always like the fun one. And I know my kids would have adored her as like an aunt and I know that she would have been such a good mom. Yeah. So I wish that I would have gotten to see that, but I think she probably likes seeing me as a mom. Oh, and this comes to mind just now. I just wanted to know about like I'm. Was it like? Do you always want to name one of your kids after Yardley? Yeah, and like how do you like decide that? Yeah, so I think I always knew actually when we were in another like core memory and probably things that I just like thought about. And now mm -hmm. I've not let my brain forget them because I oh. want to remember every memory that I have with her. Mm -hmm. But we were in biology, which I guess is maybe a tenth grade class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sikorsky was the teacher, um, and we had you know we had our binders and our like little pencil cases with all of our pens and markers and all that stuff. And I remember we wrote a note to each other and we promised each other. She was like, I will name one of my kids Catherine as like their first or middle name if you name one of your kids Yardley oh as gosh. their first or middle name. And we like signed it in like a Crayola marker and then we had it like in the front of one of our binders. Um, like, you know, the clear part of the binder to save it. Yeah. Um, and so I always thought about that. And I was like, oh, my God, well, now I really need to do it because I just, like, loved her name, thought it was so yeah, cool. And is. then obviously such a special person I that I would – I think it's, like, the best namesake. So with Maeve, we were kind of like, should we do it? Should we not? It felt, like, still a little bit, like, not too soon. But yeah. I just don't think I felt but quite no. as ready. And mm -hmm. then once – we did not know if Paige, my fourth, my daughter, was a boy or a girl. And then once she was a girl, um, I just thought, like, it's fate. And I just have right. to use her name because I, I just want – You know, it's such, like, a blessing that I was able to have such, someone so special in my life. And it's a cool way to watch yeah. her name live on. When I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. The oh. name rhymes. I was like, I <laughs> want to know all about how she decided. Yes. That story. So I love that story. Yeah. So now switching on to, like, the other side of yes. One Love. Well, mm -hmm. thank you all again for sharing that. Of course. I know it can be hard. I like to talk about uh, it. It makes me feel better. Uh, how have the tools and materials that One Love has created impacted your view on unhealthy and healthy relationships? Mm -hmm. Like, just when, when Yardley's passing happened, how did that, like, what did you learn from that? And then how's One Love's materials kind of helped you along yeah, the way? Yeah, such a good question. So... We just never talked about like relationships. I feel like, yes, we had health class and we definitely talked about like the way you should be treated and like what was right and wrong, but it just always seemed so black and white. And I, I know I had the huge misconception that people that were in like an abusive relationship must be like weak or they must not have people that love them that like are watching this happen and not telling them like to get out of the situation. And that for me was by far the biggest like piece of like learning that I did right after Yardley died was I realized like it does not matter who you are. It does not matter where you're from, how old you are, where you grew up, how much money you have or don't have, like what religion you are. Like if you are human, you are at risk mm -hmm. to be in an unhealthy relationship. And right. I think that was like a very hard truth for me to swallow. Um, 
then once I realized that, I'm like, well, why did I not know that before? Mm-hmm. Why did we not realize that a lot of the things that we would see between her and her ex-boyfriend were so unhealthy and like were actually dangerous and were really like a threat? And mm-hmm. we just like would brush them off our shoulder or sweep them under the rug and kind of like push down that feeling of like something is really not right here with mm-hmm. this person. Um, why did I not know? And it's because it just it's just like anything else unless you're taught it and unless it's like explicitly explained to you, yeah. like how would you know, you know, right. if I hadn't experienced it, there was no other way for me to know. So like I truly watch what one love is doing with like young people and it, it like I get goosebumps even just saying that out loud because it gives me so much hope. Mm-hmm. And I've come back to Notre Dame a couple times for some of the workshops and I've been able to sit in on these conversations yeah. within like the small groups and I'm blown away and I always tell like whatever the teacher or like yeah. faculty member is when I walk out, I'm like, there is no way when I was a senior in high school, I was having these kind mm-hmm. of conversations, nor was I able to even like be on this level of maturity to talk about some of the things that these girls are able to talk about this way. Um, and I think it's huge. And I'm like, oh, I just hope to God that it's enough yeah. that, you know, you're just going to know like, okay, if I get that feeling in my stomach, like something's not right, like don't ignore it, yeah. you know, really know that it's there for a reason. Like your body's telling you something's not right. Um, and that, yeah, there is no such thing as a perfect relationship and there's going to be bad moments, but that's very different than something that's like toxic. Toxic. And your story like is kind of similar to mine in the way that I grew up, um, never really saw unhealthy love or like, like any physical unhealthy love at the time. I thought it was like all physical and never saw that in my family. So we never talked about it. Middle school, elementary school, never talked about like relationships. And so I came to high school and, you know, my story with one love is like, I went to, we, like our teachers were like freshman year. No, it was sophomore year, and they, like, created, like, a club block. So you had to join a club. Okay. They really wanted people to, like, after freshman year, you know, this is your sophomore year, start, like, getting out into the community and start doing your thing at NDP. I love it. And so I kind of just followed the group with going to One Love. Everybody heard about, has heard about it, and I was like, I have no idea what One Love is. Okay. And so I went to the first meeting, and I was like, this is something I've never learned before. They just kind of went with the background, you know, ten right. signs. And I was like, prior to that meeting, I was like, isn't every – relationship healthy if you know two people want to be together you know and they love each other then isn't that healthy like I never really had my mindset on like things could be unhealthy like mm-hmm. I don't know I just never had that like that yeah. idea in my that head. wasn't your lens yeah and thank gosh for one love and just learn what they've taught me is because I've realized that you know whether I was showing unhealthy signs because I think a lot of times people are like that was unhealthy between this person and this person but also a big aspect for me is making sure that I'm the healthiest that I can be to yes. my friends and my family because mm-hmm. I definitely had those slip up moments where of course, and with my sister and like um, just knowing like what I deserve and you know having self love because something I like to think about is if I love myself so much not in like a cocky way but if I know what I deserve as a person mm-hmm. and you know what, what loves one what one love has shared with me then I won't love let anyone else love me less and I would not mm-hmm. have this lesson if I didn't learn what one love has taught me and like oh what God. people deserve you know I, mean? I love that that is so, so yeah. good I wish everyone could think that way <laughs> that is like and I Again, just, I yeah. have people that are 10 years older than me that still don't realize that. You know, it's, and it, just knowing it sounds it, so simple, but yeah. it's such a hard concept it to grasp. And I think, you know, as we, like, we're talking about in my religion class, even today, we started talking about, like, sexual assault and, like, mm-hmm. unhealthy relationships because in college it just is a whole nother level. Yes. And just, yep. just knowing that unhealthy relationships are all around us mm-hmm. and, like, you can be unhealthy, but also, like, <clears> the people are like, oh, this person could never do such a thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I even see that today in when we're talking about, you know, one love and unhealthy relationships in our club meetings. People are like, but, like, really this person can never do this. And I'm like, but really anyone can. Exactly. And that's why it's great that one love 
you know, is giving all these resources to students like us because I know that I, with that knowledge, that I won't be that person that's right. showing unhealthy love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, educating, you know, what my why with one love has a whole story behind it. But I think, you know, my true why and why I'm, like, here t- doing one love, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to get more involved each and every day is because each person that we educate as a foundation and individually, mm-hmm. we're potentially saving from an unhealthy relationship, 100%. which is, has so much power. And I think it's so easy to say that, but like to be able to save someone's life from something that's so unhealthy and so toxic mm-hmm. is a lot of power to have. Oh my and gosh. so that's why I sit here. I'm like one love. And I'm like, I don't know if people know the story behind one love or the facts, but like I literally could pitch one love in anything. Cause I think it's such a valuable lesson to learn. I don't think, you ever stop learning about unhealthy and healthy relationships. Like, I don't think you can be fully educated. No. So just be able to have that conversation. Um, so, so I literally good. think, where would I be today without knowing one love? Cause it's, I, it's been a huge aspect of, you know, NDP and growing up, um, Makes in high so school, happy. just knowing like what I deserve as a person, unhealthy and healthy and just be able to recognize that, even though sometimes it might be hard right? and like seeing with your friends or where you step in, things like that. So I think it it's, is hard. I'm thankful for it. I love and that. Like, truly, it makes me feel like Yardley's life. I mean, I know that her life yeah. had a huge purpose, but, I mean, just knowing, like, I love how it's, like, a household name or, like, everyone at Notre Dame knows about, like, her and Yardley's yeah. story and the foundation, like, truly yeah. brings me so much joy because Aww. all of the things you said. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And right. I love always- educating. I feel like One Love does a great job educating. I just want this to bring, like, be brought to the masses as, as it is. I want it to be, like, a nationwide thing that people know about. Yes, you know what I mean? Because how many lives could we save, mm-hmm. you know, with educating people on <clears> such it's not a simple topic. Like people think, I think like before, prior to knowing one love, I was like unhealthy and healthy. You, if someone's mean, mm-hmm. that's unhealthy, but there's so many aspects and like Nuances. one of the words is like belittling yes. and you know, social media, but also I want to bring this in. I just love this. Yes. Well, unhealthy relationships with yourself. That's another oh reason gosh. why I do one love. That's your most important relationship yeah, is your relationship with yourself. Self. Cause that's what's going to influence all your other relationships. Exactly. And that goes back to like what I was saying with like, you love, if you love yourself so much and you know, like what you deserve and you know, your worth and not saying that people that go through these unhealthy relationships don't know that. Right. But if you know this and you know, the 10 signs and you know, if you have this education material behind you, mm-hmm. then I don't think it, it would be a lot harder to let someone let you, love you less. Exactly. And like going back to like what you deserve. I just have one idea, one more idea. It's yes. like, um, an unhealthy relationship. I talked about this with the the other day is to me is like in a relationship that whenever you leave the person makes you feel less than, uh. because I think unhealthy. And this is like something I try to teach, you know, my club members at NDP is that unhealthy is not just physical abuse. It isn't just, you know, like, it isn't just like, I think people tend to think it is physical abuse. Yes. You know what I mean? But like, it really is whenever you leave somebody and whether you had like a rough day is when they make you feel less than, and whether you can go and talk about that and like learn like, mm-hmm. Hey, that you did this wrong right, and have adjust. a healthy like conversation about mm-hmm. it. Um, and there you can thing. go from there. Mm-hmm. But I just think, you know, you need to be on like on my, is this person empowering me or am I feeling like, belittled like mm-hmm. or betrayed or like not like trusted you know guilty, what I mean? all those negative things exactly it's so important yeah and we kind of just talked about this but how do you think one love's message is changing people's perception on unhealthy and healthy relationships yeah i think one love is just making the topic approachable which is great and then i think beyond that i think like you know a lot of people do think like oh i'm like weak if i admit that like you know i made a mistake in a relationship mm-hmm. or vice versa like i'm with someone who like maybe isn't treating me as like well as they should be um i think just knowing that like there it's everyone will be in an unhealthy relationship whether you said it's with yourself or someone in your mm-hmm. family or a friend or whatever it is it's like it's going to happen right. and just being like the best 
prepared for it as possible so that you do know how to navigate it or make it better or get out of it or whatever the situation is. I just think that the more we talk about it, the more that it's like this idea of like, we do need to learn from it and you can always do better and you can evolve and you can change and you can learn. It's going to make everyone's healthier and relationships are healthier. Everyone's going to be happier. Everyone's going to be safer. It's going to be all these big, big things. Yeah. And it, right. It sounds like you said, it's like, seems like it should be like so obvious and simple, but it's like really not. There's so yeah, many, there's so many aspects. It. Like mean, you said, it's physical, yeah. it's mental, it's with yourself, it's Financial, with others. Like there's so many different oh, ways. So many things like, and um, so many different relationships that it could be in. Yep. Like, like again, like I talk about, like because one love, like I can rem- vividly remember, like me going up to the moderator, I was like, "Is there any any leadership role I can take? Because this is something I need to educate myself on more, right. but also like my family, you mm-hmm. know, just on like having this family conversations because yes. we never had it. Yeah, and you know, my parents were educated by it because they never had that type of like education mm-hmm. tools when they were growing up. Yep, and I think, you know, it's just something that especially in the world we live in today, has so much power to really change. Can literally change you know, the world. Everything. Like, I mean, like, change just knowing it and people's perception on life itself and just knowing that, like, but also realizing that if, like, you're showing unhealthy signs, I think a lot of times that people realize and have the ability to realize that you can be unhealthy yourself. 100%. It could change so many things because I think a lot of times people are like, I can never do that. But, right. like, I catch myself day to day to finding me, like, doing these little things. You yeah. know what I mean? Or just admitting it to yourself and yeah. saying, okay, well, how am I going to change how it? Change it's hard. It? It's a tough, tough conversation to have. Yeah. And I have another question that just came to mind. Yeah, I love um, it. How do you think Yardley would react to the One Love Foundation of what this amazing foundation and all these yes. people have built? So Yardley would be in complete awe. She was someone, like, she had everything going for her. She was, like, strikingly beautiful, like you said, made mm-hmm. everyone laugh, best personality, super disciplined. It was just, like, you just couldn't understand how one person yeah. could have all of these positive attributes. Um, but she never, like, knew that about herself. Mm-hmm. Not that she wasn't confident, but she just, like, was the most humble, like, never got like a big head about it. She mm-hmm. just was like, so oh yeah, this is just yeah. like what I do. Like, what do you mean? Like, why would I do it any differently? So the fact that like she has truly like become, like you said, a household mm-hmm. name. A lot of people, you say her name and everyone knows exactly who you're talking about and that it. she has they this do. foundation. She like would not believe it. Like, yeah. I just know she would be like, she was just like her little voice and just her smile and laugh. Like, I just think she would say like this, no, like she would just be in <laughs> denial. Like she would just not understand that she really did have that big of an impact on yeah. people and that she was immediately so missed that everyone was like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Because right. like, we're not going to, we're going to keep her memory yeah. alive and we're going to make sure that her life was for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what's happened. And I know that there's only great things to come from the foundation. Yeah. The way like, I mean, when it started, it was truly us like, selling t-shirts that said one love and like thinking about like starting this field in Notre Dame and then it just like kind of snowballed and one amazing opportunity led to another amazing opportunity and then like actual leadership and offices and now there's offices all around the country and we're like almost international. I mean, I know that it's insane to me to think back to like where we started and then I just know that we're only going to keep going to these like insane It's such a powerful thing and I keep using that word because it is like if you think about how long has One Love been a thing again? So I think it probably started like right in 2010 or maybe 2011 like officially. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. it's been like 12 12 years. years. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about how many people like we've like we've impacted the One Love Foundation's impacted every little club member that we have all over the world it's impacted and that's just something I like really like to keep with me. The numbers are big. And then also thinking about like Yardley again I say I don't I did not get the chance to meet Yardley and mm-hmm. I really wish I did sometimes Aww. I think if I would literally I literally one some, someone once asked me if you could have lunch with anybody oh, I think it would be Yardley Love I just want to tell her like everything that it, like, oh what my god been. I love it and I'd be like 
I'd be like, hey girl, listen, you don't know who I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> I got a couple things you taught me though. You're the one I want to have lunch with. <laughs> yes, that is adorable. But just like so when I was sweet. making that video, like the remembrance video, like just hearing how people talked about her and I was like, this is the kind of impact that I want to make on I my community. That. It's inspiring. And it really is. And then just like being able to be like, what was Jody like? And people be able to tell you stories and because her impact, her herself she didn't and people said this she didn't know how big of an impact she had Mm -hmm. and one teacher said like she was that person that walked by you and was like hey in the hallway to a teacher and they're like a lot of the students don't say hi to teachers it was something that changed a teacher's day is when you just say hi or another a younger student or things like that oh my god that was and so now I'm remind myself I'm like let's just be live like Yardley let's like and I love it and you know even when I was learning about Yardley's story I've like kind of turned into this person that like I like love the idea of how she's impacted the world and you know I feel like if she was here she'd literally be one of my best friends because <laughs> I just know so much about her yes. you know what I mean and you had the honor of being her best friend yeah, but I just think that you know her story should be shared among the entire world and I, I just so love too. sharing it and I, I love that it. you love you're to share it you're doing such a good job Thank and you. I hope I know like I said I we're very lucky that you're yeah on the side of Thank one love you. and that you find it to be valuable because I know that especially like, you know, you have so many places that you're going to go oh, and if you, you carry it with you, it will thank just get you. bigger. So I want to ask you a little question. If you yes. could do a plug for move for love, of course, and just tell us what move yes. for love is okay. and then go into Baltimore. Yeah. So, um, when COVID hit, there was obviously like every fundraiser that One Love mm-hmm. had planned was canceled. So Move for Love this year, it's going to be in-person event on May 15th. It's going to be like between um, Camden Yards and mm-hmm. m t Bank Stadium downtown in Baltimore City. Um, it's a 5K. You can walk it. You can run it. You can just register for it and come hang out and cheer. Yeah. Um, and the idea is we're just uh, like always, we're trying to raise awareness about relationship health and relationship health education. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so excited. So like I said, in COVID, it started out as just a virtual movement right. and we Try it. You could do anything you wanted and log miles, and we tried to get as many yards as possible. Um, and now it's spiraled into having two in-person events this year, one in Seattle and one in Baltimore. Um, and so we're hoping that we have a really good turnout. It will be such a treat to get everyone together. Um, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm like, like counting down the days. Yeah, to it's going to be like like a true like community event. So yeah. if you, even if like you're someone that you've never w- taken a walk or run a day in your life, you should still register and come because there's going to be a lot of other like activities and yeah. things. It's very family friendly, kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm like counting down the days to May 15th. Yay. Some girls came up you're to gonna me You're going to be like sprinting like... <laughs> three miles and be like easy for you. I'm going to be hopping like... and pumping. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some girls that came up, they're like, can I still do it even though I'm not in the club? So, oh gosh, so all yeah. the people Anyone, listening, I'd be like, we would if you, love yeah, to have if you haven't even heard of the foundation oh my God, itself, come. I think that'd be a great opportunity to like meet the community, yeah, meet absolutely. some of the people. Um, so I'm super awesome. excited for that. Yes. And then can you just tell us how people can get involved with One Love? Yeah. So, um, there's always opportunities. If you go to joinonelove.org, um, there's like links in there to like local there. Like I said, we're truly all around the country. We're at so many colleges. Um, if you are going to college next year, you can, if there isn't a one love club, we would love I'm for doing that it. to be I'm started. Yes. Alabama. Is there one? Is there one there? There's not. Okay. So that'll be great. Um, <laughs> and you know, beyond that, of course, like any fundraising that we're doing, we, every dollar counts. So mm-hmm. I even say like, especially cause we're one, even if it's $1, right. Every like cent that it gets put towards this foundation, I can promise you is going to go a long right. way. Um, so any, you know, whether it's just the awareness spreading, the awareness, the education, 
financially supporting anything that anyone wants to do. And then, you know, May 15th, it's moveforlove.org if anyone yes. wants to get information on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, and come, everyone, come join and us. I have Team Yardly going. I got a couple <laughs> people on it. Anyone can join um, or you can it. just register like as an individual. You can start a team with your friends. Maybe I'll join your team. I would love it. I'm laughing. Don't laugh. No, That's no. the one rule. If you're on the team, you cannot laugh. I'm not fast. I'm definitely, you know, take it at your own pace. Want to finish oh that. Like when God. I was doing Chicago, I was like, there's this hilarious photo of like, I was, I think it was like mile 14. Oh I'm feeling God. great. And so I hit like 22. Oh my gosh. That thing was <laughs> 14. My hair had come out. It was braided because like if I run, I literally have the worst hair. Like gets no, all into a nut. Like, I, love your I mean, hair. I can't run with my hair straight. Like, I mean, like just like this. It gets right. just, like a mess. Yep. And, you know, finish oh. line photo. You can't Got have it. <laughs> You're like, I made it this far. You better believe I'm I know. I'm like, I'm going to need a touch up before. the picture. Exactly. <laughs> spray me with some water. Exactly. Me I out. mean, there's pictures of me like literally crying through the last couple of miles. I'm like, I can't. Um, do I would have been crying during all the I'm like, I can't feel couple, my feet. You have no idea how impressed I am that you have run a marathon. <laughs> Thank oh you. Oh my God. But there's this photo that my sister, my sister and my mom, my grandmother, my cousins, they all came and watched because my uncle, basically we have like this family running group and I'm kind of like new to it, even though I've like ran a marathon, I'm still like new. <laughs> they would and never allow me. They'd be like, who are you? <laughs> no, they love it all. But my sister's like braiding my hair, it fell out. I'm like... Like, I needed to stop. Like, my pace was great. I was good going. I, like, didn't need to stop. I was just going to wave hello. I'm like, uh, my braid fell out. Yes. I'm going to need this put Sister, back in. Sister, step so, on in. I'm not fast. I just need to, you know, look graceful. You know what I mean? <laughs> look like I'm enjoying it. Until, like you're having fun. <laughs> until I finish. Fake it until like, you make it. <laughs> exactly. God But I actually do you. love it. But I know. It's like, um, again, it's one of those things. It's hard, but it's good. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Lean into the discomfort The of it. feeling after. The, like, what I'm talking about, guys, when you come to me for love, when you think of <laughs> 5K, I tell people this, and some of my friends are like, I can't do a 5K. Oh, my gosh. But yes, I'm like, I the can. feeling, once you cross the finish line, guys, and then mm-hmm. you have a day with one love. So. Yes. <laughs> and like you said, we can walk it. You can run it. And uh, like, you just got to do one Literally. and then get the first Literally. one under your belt. And then you can say you do can do it. Do a bunch of your friends. Yeah. Like, so much fun. 100%. So now I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. And last topic is I want to talk about, you know, you grab graduated from NDP. Yes. Four weeks I'll be graduating from oh NDP. God. So crazy. Um, what are, what is the most important part of your experience at NDP that shaped who you are today? Do you oh think? Gosh, that is a loaded question. Um, yeah, I think like going to NDP truly changed my whole life trajectory. Mm-hmm. So I like could probably talk about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that I think impacted me. I think probably realizing how powerful community can be. Yeah. So, you know, even before, so for me, Yardley dying was definitely the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but my mom was sick in high school. You know, my friends all went through different things. Mm-hmm. And I think like realizing at a young age, how much like having a village behind you really can impact you for better, for worse and good times and in bad. Like I realized like I always want to have a community mm-hmm. behind me. So like I always seek out communities and whatever it is that I'm like interested in like jumping into. So whether it was like, you know, sorority stuff or now yeah. like career stuff, like whenever I want to try something new, I really look at like, okay, well, who will I be surrounding myself mm-hmm. with? Cause it's what everyone says, like the five people that you surround yourself with the most are really going to be like the biggest reflection yeah. of who you are and like who you can become. So I think like seeing, you know, when my mom did get sick and I was at Notre Dame, like how everyone was willing to like drop everything that they were doing to help out or, you know, pick me up and drop me off and still like allow my life to continue. I was like, wow, this is really an invaluable thing of having people that care about you mm-hmm. and that believe in you and that are willing to like help you. You can do anything. Right. And I was just talking with 
I agree with you entirely because I was just talking with Amy Larkin, who is another alum of NDP. And she was saying almost the exact same thing that you said, just knowing that like this community that you have. And that's what I look back at my four years now as like time is ending for Mm -hmm. me. I look back and I'm like, I wish like I would have changed for freshman a little bit, freshman and sophomore year, but I learned that's where I struggled the most with Mm -hmm. like finding myself and finding my place at NDP. Mm -hmm. But then once I knew, you know, like literally my entire grade, once I knew everybody's names (laughs) and everything like that, I really realized that, you know, I can lean on all of these people. And because I don't think it's someone, you don't understand it until you're, if you're actually there, because Mm -hmm. it's just something that is so special to me. And I think going to college, you know, going to a co-ed school, but also like kind of making sure that I keep that aspect of like sisterhood with me. And as we join like sororities and just knowing like when we're like picking a sorority, I just want to make sure that like, and I know that I have like a good mind of like, just going there and whoever makes me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't go to, or maybe I would have, but I know that I wouldn't have learned. It instilled in you. MVP. And like, it's like a core value. Exactly. And it's so important. It's so important. And I'm so thankful that like now, like you went to NDP, exactly. I went to NDP and now we have like this bond just because, you know, we went to this school. It's, and it's so crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. And they'll continue. Like, I feel like for me in business, like it's, you know, it's wild. Like I just, the way that like, oh, like my mom went there or my aunt went there or my sister or, you know, like people that I just know from going there or alumni or whatever the situation is. It's like this special, like, you know, unspoken bond that you have instantly. And even, you know, obviously I still wear my mm-hmm. Notre Dame ring every day Same. and I hope you continue to. Like I, I could be, I, I'm trying to think of the craziest place I've been where someone's like, oh, is that the ring? Like, did you go to that school where like they wore the blue dresses and like you're from yeah. Baltimore, I guess. And like, I'm like, how in the world? I mean, especially in Charleston, but that's not yeah. that far away. But I've been like crazy weird places where <laughs> it's like a I conversation a piece. And yeah. like, yeah, it starts, it starts. Yeah. this idea of like it's like a symbol um mm-hmm. and i'm like so proud to wear it because i feel so lucky that you know i'm an alum of such yeah. an amazing place i was literally here's my story about that i was mm-hmm. leaving for chicago okay and i'm wearing um like i'm a runner sweatshirt because i was like i'm going into this weekend i need people to know <laughs> I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was cute you're like if i forget i'm gonna I'm look like, down and remember <laughs> i am I'm a runner. runner i got this and I'm in line to board the plane. And, you know, I'm just talking to my sister. And, like, we're standing there. We're probably like, complaining about, like, oh, my gosh, can we just get on this plane already? <laughs> and this girl next to me is like, wait, you go to NDP. I see your ring. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, you're the one running the marathon because, you know, social media is yes. the big part. And I'm like, yes. And then we just got into this long conversation as we're waiting to board the plane mm-hmm. about NDP and, like, what class she was in. And then, like, the, like, the other day, I'm actually watching the kids I babysit play lacrosse. And, like... I, was, I don't know any of the moms there. This mom next to me is like, I see your ring. Do you go to NDP? And it's just something that's so fun. And I literally don't think I'll ever take off my ring no, just because I love, it. I love finding these new people yes. and meeting new people that, you know, aren't in my grade or whether they're older or younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super special. It's so special. Yeah. Well, I have one more question, but I'm just going to say thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my this episode was amazing. I can't wait to listen to this over and yes, over. Yes, you're so um, funny. But can you just tell us where people can find you? Yes. And how can people get to know you? So on Instagram, I'm kitty.mill. So my family, I'm named after my aunt, Catherine, and everyone called her Kitty, and my family has always called me Kitty. So Aww. anyone can. I love I, it. I think it's so funny, too, because a lot of people that like I know through social media that I don't like I didn't know prior to social media they'll call me kitty I tell people I, I literally I'm tell like, people. we I know like, you know we I'm got like each Catherine other Miller. like Hill. I'm like it's kitty mills literally I think the lady I babysit for knows you just through that Instagram that is hilarious like, this lady so, is awesome you know, social media right so yeah. um yeah that's where you can find me there and then I, I obviously am with the Balsers that mm-hmm. group. Um, so proud, and we have a social media, pretty awesome social media game as well. So that's at the Balsers that group. Um, 
And then, yeah, you'll just probably see me bopping around town with all my gaggle of children, <laughs> children or, you know, just running around late mave. to the next place. Like, exactly. If you see someone yelling after a mave, it's probably yeah. me. So mm-hmm. my last question yes. is if you had one message to share with girls who are struggling with self-confidence and knowing their self-worth, what would it be? My one message would be, um, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I feel like I've learned and I know I'm going to keep learning and probably would change this answer in a year. But I think like the biggest, most important thing you can do is just to be genuine to yourself. And I know everyone would, like a lot of people would say that as their answer, but figuring out, okay, like, you know, whether it is allowing yourself to be vulnerable or taking a risk or like following your heart or listening to that inner voice Mm -hmm. in your head just staying true to yourself and not trying to be a people pleaser or be something you're not because that's what you think like people want from you. Um, you know, that's just the only way that you're going to be happy. Yeah. And I think like, that's the point of why we're here, right. Is to try and find what makes us happy and and be happy as much as possible. So be genuine. And then also give yourself grace. That's probably another big one for me. I feel like a lot of times people are like, how do you do it? Like, and I say like, honestly, I think a big part of like getting happier and happier over the years is like lowering my expectations mm-hmm. for myself, like realizing like I can't do it all. So if I do have to ask for help or if I need to like tell someone like I'm not good at that and so I'm going to have to like leverage yeah. that piece of whatever this is in my life that I'm struggling with and finding help, like, you know, you got to like give yourself grace. You're right. no one's perfect. No one actually is doing it all well. Like there are so many balls that I drop. I'm late everywhere because I have a million things going on. But then once I get there, I'm like, it's worth the wait. Like exactly. I promise I'll make it yeah. worth your wait, but like I don't have it all together. Yeah. Um, and so I do try to give myself grace and, you know, yeah. just try and get through it and keep a smile on my face and keep that perspective. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a great day and smile. So fun. You're so So good. good.